Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live, where we keep you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. We're going to talk, we talk about the industry experts. We talk with innovators, creators, and storytellers about the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. And we broadcast live so you can ask your questions that matter most to you and your business. My name is Jeff C. And also, I wanted to introduce you to my co-host, Eric Fisher. Eric is the producer and host of the long-running Beyond the To-Do List podcast for over eight years. Like, he's old school. And he talks with real people who implement pr- uh, practical pr- productivity strategies. I can never say that. In their professional and personal lives, he is also the director of social media education for Agorapulse, where he leads up the Social Media Manager School. And by the way, that is a perfect segue as to this show is brought to you by Agora Pulse. It is the best social media tool to let you post, monitor, schedule, and report from one place. Eric, you also have something really special about, uh, you know, the this thing, the social media manager school. So tell us a little bit about that really quick. Yeah, the Social Media Manager School is powered by Agora Pulse, and that's a place where you can get more than 70 hours of free social media manager training. And you can just go in. It's never going to go away. We're adding new stuff all the time, and you can get it for free at socialmediamanagerschool.com. Awesome. So make sure you guys go check that out. But today, like I said in the pre-show, I'm so excited to have Jessica Phillips and Tony Christensen here from Now Marketing Group, because we're going to be breaking down Apple's iOS 14 privacy changes and what they mean for Facebook ad targeting. Now, if you don't know who Jessica and Tony are, Jessica Phillips is an international speaker award-winning relationship marketing strategist and the passionate founder of Now Marketing Group, a relationship marketing agency. And Tony is the advertising manager at Now Marketing Group. Uh, He also goes by Tony Does Ads and he has created and optimizes he has created and optimized advertising campaigns for keynote speakers, conferences, and e-commerce businesses around the world with budgets as high as in the millions of dollars a month in advertising spend. So, Jessica and Tony, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having, having me on. I'm so excited to be here. So, I'm going to just kind of summarize this news, and then we're going to. I want to get you guys to really chime in on this because I think it's super interesting. Mari Smith, I saw last night, did a kind of a overview of it on her channel. So, I know this affects a lot of people, and a lot of people are a little bit nervous. But if you don't know. In uh, June, Apple announced that iOS 14 is going to give the users the options to decline app 
ad tracking. And so this is a big deal for app developers. And Apple said in iOS 14, users will be asked if they want to be tracked by the app. It's going to uh, come as a pop-up query on the user interface. And Apple is saying they're doing this because they want to help preserve user privacy. They say it's going to help with transparency and it's going to also explain how like the collected data is going to be tracked. And it even broke down like what it's going to, what's going to qualify as tracking. They said it's going to be third-party data, sharing of location data with brokers, sharing of uh, personally identifiable information like email addresses with third-party ad networks uh, for retargeting or lookalike targeting and some other things like that. So it's basically Facebook's bread and butter. So then Facebook kind of went, okay, uh, I'm going to, they took out this big like newspaper ad attacking these changes, saying it's going to harm small businesses. You know, they really need it during these COVID times because all this stuff has been happening during the pandemic and it's, people are going to lose 60% of their sales for every dollar they spend. And it's just been this kind of blow by blow, but this has been happening back, you know, in the early days with Facebook and Apple, they've been fighting back and forth. So um, there's a lot of articles that came out about this. There's a lot of stuff in the news, uh, but this is really going to affect marketers and, and agency owners. And so that's why I got Jessica and Tony here today. So the first question I have for you guys is, and I want Jessica, I'd like you to go first. Do you know if this is rolled out for in, for everyone or do you have any like idea of the scheduling of this? Yeah. So no, um, I don't know that anyone knows the scheduling. I know Tony's participated in some of the even clubhouse rooms where many different ad experts have, you know, talked about this and trying to figure out when this is rolling out. But honestly, I feel like a lot of it already kind of has rolled out in a sense, not that the tracking is going away, but just more people that are blocking their privacy in general. Uh, not only just with this ads and not to, you know, go down a rabbit hole, but also even SEO mm. going against now stopping cookie tracking. So there's a lot of this already in the works and many different facets. So while this specific app update hasn't rolled out to everyone, there's already some uh, other tools that are really moving into the, hey, you get to control your privacy as the user and it's freaking many businesses out. Yeah. So Tony, uh, she mentioned you've been in some clubhouse room, which is a kind of a, that's a kind of a cool way to use clubhouse to kind of mm-hmm. network with your peers. So what have you heard? I mean, is we know this is a, like Jessica said, this is a trend for privacy, but, um, have, have people have this happen yet? I haven't, cause I checked, I I'm all up to date on my phone, but I haven't had any of these pop-ups happen yet. So what, what have you found out? Yeah. So basically, yeah, Facebook and, um, Apple are really buttonheads right now. There's a lot more to the story than Apple saying we love privacy and Facebook saying we love small businesses. It's sort of a lot bigger yeah. than that. Um, and we can talk about that later. But basically, yeah, it's it. the Facebook side of it hasn't rolled out yet. And I'm when I'm saying rolling out, I'm talking about the main iOS 14 change that people are worried about is called ATT, which stands for App Tracking Transparency Prompt. So basically a prompt will pop up and it will say, do you want to allow Facebook to track your activity across other companies, apps, and websites? And basically, you can say, yes, allow, or ask app not to track. So Facebook will lose a lot of data tracking capabilities, but Apple basically hasn't said when Facebook needs to implement that yet. Um, some apps, because it is actually affecting basically every app in the app store okay. um, that does this kind of thing. Um, 
some apps already have rolled it out. They're kind of getting ahead of the curve. Um, but Facebook obviously isn't wanting to roll it out until they need to at the very end. Apple just hasn't told them exactly when they need to do that yet. So before you, Eric, you asked the next question, I wanted to ask, um, so is this going to affect like, like Pinterest and like Snapchat and all this stuff? Um, is it going to be, it's not just Facebook. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's bigger than Apple versus Facebook. This is Apple versus advertisers for the most part. Okay. Yeah, and that gets into yeah. that gets into kind of where it's stemming from. So basically right now Apple's charging, you know, a lot of apps a 30% app tax. Mm -hmm. So if I'm selling anything through the App Store, um, through my app, Apple takes 30% of that chunk. Advertisers though, there's kind of this loophole-ish that you might want to call it. They're not paying that app tax. So this is kind of Apple in a way seeing Google, Facebook are making a ton of money on ads. We want a chunk of the pie kind of thing. Um, so it's getting, it's sort of a political thing too, is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot more. There's three sides to every story. There's Apple's, Facebook's, and then the truth. But I'm glad that you yeah. said that, Tony, because that's exactly what it is. Because people, when they think Facebook ads, they think on Facebook. But it's not on Facebook when you're doing ads. That's just like the boost. But you can set up and do your ad to show up anywhere. But really where the magic happens for Facebook ads and why so many people have been moving to Facebook ads, especially with everything that we've seen in 2020, is one, everybody's doing business online. And I don't think that that's going to change even mm -hmm. if we get back to our new normal. I think people are like, man, this is convenient, right? And and we've seen that in the first eight weeks of the pandemic where you know, we had more sales online in the first eight weeks than we did past 10 years before it. And that trend has continued. Uh, and so where the magic happened with Facebook ads is that they collect so much data because they're collecting a little bit here and there that you can really get specific on what ads then you are showing up to the audience that actually is going to care about it. So, you know, it can affect definitely the business that's, that's putting it out there and that's, what's going to hurt them, you know, maybe not being able to show uh, accurately your ad to an audience. You're just kind of going to be blindly putting up, you know, basically billboard ads uh, places and to the users, the people that care on that end is that, you know, you may be Jeff getting uh, ad targeting for wedding dresses or something <laughs> that you don't need. Right. Well, so I may it, need it just, you never know. Yeah. yeah. You never know. I mean, right. You never know. So, so, <laughs> so the, so the, <laughs> what, so everyone can, George even already said something about, uh, he thought about me in the bath and this is a whole nother image. Um, so the, no. the, um, no. the question I have is, does this, so you have, so if it gives, it gets you this pop-up on your screen, if you click on, no, I don't want to see ads, is that last forever until I like reinstall the app? Can, can I get, is it, can I opt back in or how does, does anybody know how that works? That's a good question. Um, I, I would say I don't have a, a clear cut answer on that. If it's going to be able to pop up again in so many days or whatever it might right. be, who I don't really know. Um, there are still going to be data points and things that Facebook is going to track though. Um, it's just going to be a lot more limited basically going forward. Um, so on the advertiser side of things, basically if I want people to make a purchase, what's going to happen is you're still going to be able to track up to eight events and Facebook's going to say, um, put the events in order. So obviously if I'm an e-commerce advertiser, um, purchase will be number one. Then the second one might be like initiate checkout. And what's going to happen is if someone still opts out of this, 
Facebook is basically going to be able to tell you what the most um, valuable event that you that you wanted to happen, what that last one was that the user did. So if the user, let's say, adds an item to the cart, they initiate checkout, but they don't purchase, they're going to still send one conversion event back to Facebook. So I will see that the user um, initiated checkout, but I won't get a, you know, um, one purchase that happened showing mm -hmm. up. So, so it limits data a lot and it also, it's, it gets really technical, but it also reduces attribution windows. So right now attribution windows are up to 28 days. So if I show you an ad, you click on it, you don't buy, but then up to 28 days later, you buy Facebook can still report that that window now is going down to seven days. So now if you buy, 15 days later, eight days later, I'm not going to know on Facebook um, looking at my reporting. So it's going to change a lot of optimization for ads. Um, it's going to change targeting because we're going to lose a lot of the pixel information, demographic information from people as well. Um, and it's going to change just, yeah, how we how we optimize, how we target, um, especially like remarketing and things like that. Those are those are going to be smaller windows now of people that you can retarget. Gotcha. Yeah, so I have a question along those lines then, because Facebook has said that essentially these changes aren't like a be all end all, like full stop right now. It's that this, that personalization, that tracking, that this is a move in that a direction of longer term losing that. So how will this affect us as small businesses now, as well as in the yeah. long term? Yeah, and yeah, I'd love so, to answer that. If that's okay. okay. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but um, just to tee off what you talked about, Tony, and just affecting us long term, and I'm going to speak from the agency kind of mind, and I would love, you know, Tony, you know all the technical details with it, but just to mention kind of the, like, what does this look like for a small business owner, right? As Tony mentioned, like the, the tracking is limited. So as a small business owner, many have been thinking, okay, how can I optimize my channel more or, or my website or what have you? And so they're looking at tools like, okay, having a, a timer on your website for 30 minutes before, you know, checkout, you know, to get this special offer. So you're trying to increase the sale faster, right? And, and I feel like this is a move in the wrong direction when we think about it in, in ads. And that's just my personal preference, because I feel as if now with so many people shopping online and so many people you know, going after this data and trying to find out who their audience is, if we can just think about it differently and try to build relationships better with our audience and our clients that we have right now, then and get them onto our home base and, and building those relationships and not relying on these tools would be much better off because it's, it's looking like everything's going full circle. Like it cracks me up that Facebook took out an ad in the newspaper, first of all, and they've done television commercials, right? Like, Okay. Yeah. Uh, and if your ad platform, yeah, it just blows my mind, but it's, it's people, we as consumers are always trying to avoid ads. And so that's why they're packaging this as we're going to help you get your privacy and reduce ads, but that's never going to be the case. So what happens is marketers are going to come in and try to ruin it all to try to gamify this. And then it's going to keep moving again and again and again. So I think as small businesses are just confused on where to show up and how to build, you know, and how to get these sales. And so they're just going to keep chasing their tail, if you will. Like mm -hmm. right now it's like, okay, we got to all go all in on digital advertising. We've seen that explode to get the traffic back. And then it's, you know, uh, now, now that this is going away, where do we need to spend our dollar instead, just as a small business owner. And what I've been talking with our clients about is 
look at the long end game because this is going to keep going around and around and let's look at building your own thing, you know, so you can get user generated content and, and true advocacy and true loyalty and referrals versus that. But I know that's not answering the ad question, but that is really what it boils down to because as, as, everyone's mentioned here in that shorter sales cycle. And I, I did wrote, write down a couple other stats with that is that, you know, the, the, the small business owner now, I think Tony, it was like, um, at digital ads have grown over, you know, 25% on average that they're spending on that, but they've, also become more expensive for that sale that they're earning back. So, and that's with this data there. So now that this is going away, I think it's going to get a little bit worse. Mm. So Jessica, I mean, Tony, do you want to answer that from the, the ads standpoint or do you think she covered it? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, as far as kind of answering Eric's question, as far as the, the impact, you know, when it rolls out, it's going to be, it's hard to say exactly how big that impact will be, right? But it's basically going to be, it's going to be a staggered thing that happens. So whoever has an iPhone, whenever they update their app, boom, it happens, right? But it's it's only going to affect people with iPhones and it's only going to affect those that update right away. There's some people that don't update their apps very often. Mm -hmm. So it will kind of have a tail end kind of trickle down effect. It'll take time. Um, so it'll, it'll happen. There'll be a, a fairly... I would say 30% or so of the people might do it right away. And then you'll start to see it happen more and more um, in the future. So it will have an impact. Um, it won't, I don't think it'll be huge right away, but there will still be those impacts with attribution and things changing um, in the future. So, so just go and ask this question. So let's pretend we could go to conferences right now. And you were speaking in front of a group of like mm -hmm. just uh, other agency owners or people who have, you know, even if it's, I would consider an agency owner, somebody who even has like three or four clients that they're doing for social or whatever. They're a mm -hmm. sm super small agency. Um, number one, how would you like, um, how would this affect social media marketing agencies that, what would you tell them? And then like, what would you say for th the way to communicate that to your clients? Because, clients, to be honest, sometimes don't even, they just hit the boost button or they just, you know, it's really, they don't understand Facebook ads. So how are you going to explain it? You know, one, how it's going to affect it. And then how are they going to like, how would you communicate this? Because they just see the bottom line and see them that they're, it's costing more money to do the same results. Yeah. I would say just be transparent. First of all, like that's what everyone needs. Like that you have to say, okay, look, this is not going to be an instant win, no matter what. It, it doesn't even matter if you're not doing ads, like it, it, all the way around with social and so much uh, congestion there. One, it's not a place necessarily social media that sales are supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen on your website. So you just need to be first transparent and say, look, we need a full strategy. Stop just running and going in and saying, okay, your business, uh, you want to do business with me and then hitting the ground running with ads. It needs to be this discovery process and you need to get truly clear on what your goal is, what your end outcome uh, is that you're trying to get and be strategic about it. Because if not, it's not going to last for either one of you. So you're going to be doing both of you a disservice, you as the agency, them as a client. So be transparent, take your time up front to do the discovery work test some things first on your channels of seeing what works organically before you put any ad dollars behind it, then you have a better chance of, you know, getting a better result from ads, as well as making sure that you have, uh, you know, a process that you're not just buying for 
that one-time, one-off sale, that whatever you're doing and putting your ad dollars to, that it hopefully can have some kind of residual return that you have in place with building, you know, a relationship marketing kind of approach to your clients and their clients. So I really, the, the biggest advice to say, to sum it up is that you need to have a plan. It can't just be all social, can't be all ads mm. and you need to take your time doing it because this isn't going to go away. This is just the start of it. You know, Facebook, uh, I think it was last year or a couple of years ago, or now they, you even already have your privacy settings where you can see who's tracking you right. on Facebook and turn that on and off. So this isn't a new thing. And as we start having more and more conversations, especially as you know, there's a lot of eyeballs right now on tech companies people are going to be asking these questions and being more and more concerned about their privacy. So you need to show up in a real way and just have this conversation with them. So, well, so oh. speaking of tech companies, I mean, we talked about there's three sides to every story here, Facebook's apples, mm -hmm. and then the truth. So let's go to Facebook's side of things here for a second. What do you think their goal is here? What's their end game? Cause obviously Apple's not going to back down. They're, you know, huge bigger than facebook in fact but uh yeah. and facebook's not going to take their apps off the app store so what what ultimately is maybe a resolution here and, and what do you think again facebook is trying to do here end game wise and you, you want that? me to answer <laughs> go ahead i yeah I, yeah go ahead um, from the text perspective yeah i think um Ultimately, both companies, they just, I mean, at the end of the day, they care about money. So that's really yep. what it's coming down to, <laughs> yep. right? Um, they, you know, Facebook's acting like they care. I, I don't think Facebook really cares about small businesses as much as they care about their ad revenue coming in. And that's really what it comes down to is helping out advertisers. That's their old, that's their real customer, really. I mean, we're, we use the platform, but who who's paying their bills is advertisers for the most part, right? So Facebook's really, they're, they're trying to do their best with what they have. Um, they're working a lot more now on developing, and the good thing about Facebook is they have incredible engineers and data scientists. So they are working on statistical models and things going forward. So there's going to be basically now with reporting in the future, there's going to be estimations um, using statistical modeling now. So they're still working on trying to implement a solution. And that's basically what they're going to have to try to do is figure out how they can help out their advertisers, the people that are paying them the money that they need um, the best. So it's just going to be working on what they can do. Um, the privacy thing. Yeah, it's 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 interesting um, because on the Apple side of things as well, Apple's not doing the same thing. They're tracking user data. Um, they're running app ads and they're getting money from app ads um, and searches there. Mm -hmm. So it is sort of a, it's a two-sided story in a lot of cases. Um, like I said, with the app tax and stuff and Facebook and these Instagram and, and these other apps aren't paying that tax because they're doing advertising. Um, same thing with Google, they're doing the same thing where now they're, they're kind of restricting that a little bit more. So they're gonna have to be more reliant on uh, Apple and working with Apple and kind of before what happened was there was the IDFA, which I have it written down. The <laughs> identifier for advertisers is what um, Apple rolled out. And that's basically in, in right now, it's not like I can pull up Jessica's name and see as an advertiser, what her stats are. Right. I don't know very, like they don't, they don't tell you who the people are. They, they, they randomize it. They, they, they don't have a, I can't look at individuals and look at data. They make it really big sets now. So if I have like even a remarketing list or a list of purchasers, it has to be, I think over a thousand now at this point to where I can actually see what the demographic data is. Um, 
So they're just trying to do the best. <laughs> what they're trying to do is what I'm right. trying to say. Um, and yeah, it's 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 going to be a hurdle. But with IDFA, Apple worked with these other tech companies. They work with Google. They work with Facebook to develop IDFA, the unique identifier, basically, which sends basically it's it's a it's um, basically an identifier that that. Uh, links the Facebook pixel back to Facebook and to other websites. So then Facebook can gather data and that's where they, they're, that's why they're really valuable with their ads is basically they can use data from that's linked to everyone's websites basically. So then Facebook can say this person's going to this site and this site, and that's where their interests are. They still have a lot of good data points and they still will continue to capture data points on Facebook. It's more of now they're restricting the links to sites that they have now with the pixel install on people's sites. But what happened and with Facebook iOS 14 instead of the, and what I was going to say is what happened with I, iOS 14 is instead of the IDFA where they're like Facebook, what we should do, what should we do, Google, what should we do? Here's what we're thinking. We'll take your feedback. This time it was we're rolling this out, guys. You're going to have to you're going to have to do it no matter what. Like good luck, kind of thing. <laughs> right. So it's definitely Apple <laughs> just kind of like deal with it, you know. Um, yeah. And they had they had a big uh, ordeal if you guys remember with Fortnite too, where Fortnite was like this yes. app tax is ridiculous. Right. And Facebook and Apple was like, well, we'll just take you off the store then and we won't help your other developers with your other games with our engines and their apps tools that we have. So it's really kind of Apple just being like, well, deal with it, guys. And Facebook, even with that whole Fortnite thing, went in and said, hey, we support the de remember they had this ad that said we support the game developers. And, you know, they were throwing their, you know. Yeah support behind that um well they have to because they don't have enough not that they have to say that but to tony to your point on you know apple just going all in and saying well kind of if you guys want to play on my field you know you got to play <laughs> by my rules kind of thing because facebook doesn't have enough space to show the ads on their network they have to rely on these other sites these other tools and things in order to really kind of service their advertisers, right? And, and to, to make that work. But what I really think that's going to happen, you know, to your point, Eric, is that honestly, there's been so many big moves made by big tech and everybody's watching that I honestly feel like there's going to be more restrictions on them and they're not going to be able to maybe pull some of these big plays before the end of, you know, a couple of years. I'm, I'm honestly, I would not be surprised if the government does step in and say, mm -hmm. okay, guys, you know, Everybody's got to play fair, you know, and, you know, here's some of the rules. I don't know, because they are making some big moves that are affecting many people. And really, at the end of the day, it is all about money. And that's what they really care about. Right. So I want to bring up this question because I, I, I think this I mean, we kind of answered it before, but I think it's a great one from Grace. And she goes, uh, does Apple take a percentage of revenue from Facebook ad and, or shop re, uh, revenues or is it both? So I know we kind of talked about that, Tony. What was what, what do they oh. take the money from? Yeah, so this is kind of where Apple hates Facebook and Apple hates Google is because they're not paying that that Apple tax, that 30% tax on um, sales that happen with ads. So all the revenue that Facebook and Google are, are generating from ads, they're just putting right in their pocket. They're not giving that 30% back. Whereas the other developers like the Fortnites and all those, when people pay to upgrade their character or whatever, they're paying that 30% tax. So that's kind of where, where the issue is here. They're, they do share um, and they do pay some money um, for things like event tickets and things that people can buy through the app, I think those actually, um, if you're buying them through your phone, then yeah, I think they pay a 30% tax. But in general, most of the revenue that Facebook and Google are making, they're not paying that tax on, which is why some of these other game developers and things are mm -hmm. kind of upset about it as well. Um, but it is leveraging other websites and stuff. So that's kind of that's kind of the loophole in ways 
is it's not you're not really necessarily buying through the app store. You're you're kind of buying through websites that are external. Gotcha. <laughs> so gotcha. It's an interesting phenomena. Take whatever you want to call it. <laughs> And just to clarify, you know, with if I were to enable this when the pop up comes, like I'm not going to stop seeing ads, right? Like I'm just going to see ads. Like in other words, yeah. you made this, uh, Jessica. You said earlier it goes back to Jeff might start seeing ads for wedding dresses, which are completely, mm-hmm. or maybe they're on target. I don't know, but they're <laughs> that's not traditionally the target that should be. So, yeah, yeah. you're you're still going to see you're still going to see ads. Ads aren't going away. Um, they will be less targeted, but like I said. Facebook can still link data points to people on the app. It's it's more of the data points of you. It's like the remarketing. So if I went to a website, that now that's going to be restricted if I blocked it. Whereas if I'm on Facebook and I'm watching videos, if I'm liking pages, if I'm commenting, that's still going to be tracked. They're still going to have that those data points to target to target people. So if yeah, if Jeff is looking at wedding dresses on Facebook, that's going to work. But if Jeff is looking at wedding dresses on websites that sell wedding dresses, that's not going to work. So watch what you're looking uh, at. Comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know. Go ahead. I know that uh, I don't know if you guys partook of this, but I know that uh, a bunch of small businesses uh, took over Facebook's speak up for small hashtag that was on Twitter and they filled it with complaints about how they're ignored as small businesses compared to the larger Facebook clients like the big chains. So do you think that this is going to actually help level the playing field and maybe make Facebook put their money where their mouth is when they say things like we support small businesses or is this just going to be hard for everybody to to advertise on Facebook? I, yeah. I would say it's, it's going to be harder for both people, honestly. Um, it's um, yeah. It, I think the small business push with Facebook was a, was a, it was a, a marketing ploy. It was a good idea. You know, it looked nice on paper, but it, I, I honestly, I think they care more about the people that are spending more money, the bigger businesses. Um, but it's going to affect both people um, in different ways, depending on how you're using Facebook. Right. Um, so smaller businesses, you might just be doing lead generation, and a lot of that stuff, you're still going to be able to track. Like some of our clients, I'm just running an ad to a lead form. And even if I don't get that data back in Facebook, I can still count how many leads I got them, right? So that's not going to be impacted that much. It's more of like the remarketing, um, the optimization. If, if you're selling e-commerce and things like that, that's going to be affected. Um, and that will affect everyone. Gotcha. gotcha. So when and i read this in an article one of the articles that uh, we were talking about this says when companies fight when companies fight over customers the customer always wins um but do you think there will ever be a clear winner here jessica what are your thoughts on that yeah it'll be the customer so like to eric's point they took over twitter right like i think everyone's kind of at a point of just saying okay we're not silly we see what's going on here and you know, we want to speak up for it. We know that this is a marketing ploy. So this goes back to the brands that are going to win and the clients that are going to win are the people that truly are just doing good business, right? So it goes back to, we've seen that already now, I think 2020 just accelerated the growth of this because so many people were now kind of like, oh my goodness, we have to you know, get our business online. We have to provide a better experience online. We have to you know, do better ads because now everybody's doing ads. And so the customer is going to be the one that wins because they're going to have more options than ever before to choose 
who they want to do business with, how their dollar is spent. And the only the brands that are going to win and the tech companies that are going to win are going to be the one that just puts their money where their mouth is and is going to provide the best experience for, for everyone. So yeah, it will, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. So Tony, I want to circle about around back to when we were talking about communication, you know, and Jessica mentioned this at the beginning. So uh, Facebook complained in newspapers, which is pretty ironic (laughs) that the largest online ad company, you know, put them there. Um, It's it's like, I don't, do they even know how to, how do I, how do I even open a newspaper? Which side do I read it on? Um, But I wanted to, 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 because, you know, there is also a disconnect for, for like people starting out and, you know, communicating to your clients. Uh, and I just I want to pull back a little bit, Tony, and ask, like, with all this stuff going on, what's the stat or the report or whatever that, like, um, if you're starting to run Facebook ads that you need to be, consider, you know, like looking at the most? I mean, like, you know, is there, is there a certain stat you need to make sure you communicate to your clients or if you're doing them by yourself that you need to, is there like one little like magic thing that you, you give people like, this is what you need to check, you know, like we always talk about bounce rate on websites, you know, mm-hmm. is there a certain thing that you like to, like a a single kind of data point you like really point to when you're doing Facebook ads? Um, yeah, it kind of can depend on the client. Um, right. Some people look at return on ad spend. So, you know, if it's a three, for example, that means I've made $3 in sales for every dollar in the ad that I've spent. Um, other people look at like cost per acquisition, right? So how much does a lead cost? How much does that purchase cost that new client cost? Um, so those are, those are, I would say kind of the two main metrics. Um, those, might be a little bit harder at least to look at in Facebook. Um, like I said, if you're if you're sending people and one of the ways that people can can kind of um, fix this problem going forward is mm-hmm. if I have a landing page right now that I'm sending people to um, organically and with ads right to get leads, since Facebook is going to be more limited now, what I would do is just duplicate that landing page and send all my traffic from ads to one landing page and all my other traffic to a different landing page. So you can still look at the data um, in Google analytics and, um, just your leads that are coming in to still be able to calculate, you know, what's that cost per lead. Um, so you can kind of shift it that way still with these changes that are happening. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. Cause I kind of threw that one kind of a curveball for you. <laughs> uh, is, is this really a case where, uh, you know, the end use, you, you basically have to choose to opt in or opt out. Uh, and you know, how, how do you think that's going to affect marketers? Cause I know Jessica now, marketing now relationship marketing is all about opting in so isn't that going to always be better and driving people to opt in to your your company or to your clients companies even yeah in my opinion yes i think you have to build some kind of community and getting them to opt in is going to be the only way like i mentioned uh before this isn't just an ad thing this is going to be an SEO thing too, where cookies are going to be going away. It's going to be harder to track even people that are coming from a search, right? So it's just saying that sooner or later, you're going to have to already have your audience built in where they're talking about you and referring you. So it's almost going back to the good old days of word of mouth, but now world of mouth, um, that's going to be the best lead generator. So you need to get people to opt into you. Yes. Do we do ads and believe in them? Yes. But the best way to get the business and to keep it and the, the one that's going to be the most profitable, of course, is going to be focusing on your audience that you have, getting them to opt in, giving them something worthy of opting in for Mm -hmm. and continuing that relationship. So 
Facebook, they, they made a big deal out of this, that they estimate a 60% swing in advertising effectiveness between targeting and non-targeting advertisements. Uh, but honestly, are, are most small businesses using this? And we, we see this a little bit before and actually even said, you know, somebody said that's what they do, but aren't most of them hitting the boost button? I mean, yes. so, I mean, is it going to be that Until big a deal? Talk to them. <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry. Until we tell them there's a better way, <laughs> please stop. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah would, they think they are doing ads. Tony, you can answer this. One yeah, I would ad. say I would say if you're just using the boost button, you'll probably be fine. You're still going to be able to boost, and it's going to give you the same mediocre results probably that you've been getting. Um, yes. For the like, I know people that actually you know business owners that might have bought a course or watched some YouTube videos, and then they started to run ads. Um, and those type of people that are actually running ads in ads manager, it will affect. And I, I think it will make it quite a bit harder, at least in the meantime, until Facebook rolls out more of their solutions like that statistical modeling and things that they're going to be doing. Um, I think it will affect them pretty poorly um, going forward, which is the, the poor part of it. Um, you're going to have to work with someone that knows what they're doing, that that's really working on it. Like conversations like this, these are the people that you need to be <laughs> working with because they're the, you know, the, the advertisers right now that are talking about it, that are, you know, like I, like I joined a clubhouse room and, and we got together a bunch of media buyers and I got, uh, you know, a guy from Snapchat and a guy from Google. And we're like, what is your rep saying? What is your rep saying? You need to find these kind of people that are working together with other people to find the solutions. Like I said, with making a different landing page. So there's going to be other ways that you can track things. Um, but as a small business owner, you're not necessarily going to know what to do. And it's not going to be simple. Uh, you know, you're going to have to really think it through or you're going to have to probably reach out to someone for that kind of help. Um, you, you it's just getting have to harder. Think it through, really. That's what I'm hearing. It's yeah. going to be harder. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Not fun. But anyway, so, yeah. um, so Tony, I'm going to go to you and then uh, but what, what do you think the read the tea leaves or let's just let's not even go like more than a year. Let's just say the rest of 2021. Where do you think th we're going to end up? I mean, are we going to have to, is it going to be such a specialized field like you just mentioned that we're going to have to just budget like I have to budget an accountant because I hate doing that kind of crap. <laughs> um, is it going to be the same thing? Like I, I know I need Facebook ads, but I, I just, I'm going to have to hire that out. Is that what you're thinking in 2021? Um, yeah, I would say that's, that's going to be a good move for most people. Um, or it's going to be a combination of kind of what I'm saying and what Jessica's saying where Instead of let's do ads to sell, it's going to be let's do ads to send people to a landing page for that lead gen item, right, to start that relationship. Mm. And then use email marketing, use SMS marketing, use a chat bot, whatever it might be, to build your relationship with that person. Um, so I think I think that's really the future. That for the ad side of things, there's a lot you can still do. Um, people are you know implementing more things like a post-purchase survey. So after someone buys from you, you can then say, how did you hear about us? And that kind of thing to figure out, did it come from Facebook and all that kind of stuff. There's different methods, but I think I think ultimately it's gonna be, let's, let's add more people to our email list and market to them for free there. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Jessica, yeah. what about you? What are, your, what are your tea leaves say to you? Yeah, I would say it's going to cause a lot more brands to kind of pause and rethink uh, what they're actually doing. So not necessarily do I need to hire an advertiser? Yes, if you're going to do advertising, yes. But I think you first need to think, what is my long end game? If I didn't have any ad targeting in place and it wasn't working for me, you know, how can I be in control of my 
my business, you know, and, and the revenue that, that comes from it. And necessarily if it's email or if it's, you know, user generated content campaigns or whatever, you just need to start thinking not just in the now, but what do you want to happen in a year from now or five years from now? If you were only reliant on your own home base, what is that going to look like? So I really think uh, just brands need to start asking that question and really start being more strategic about what they're doing instead of just thinking in the moment and, and doing that thing because it's instant. Very, very cool. So before we go on to our next section, I do want to say, cause I get this question all the time on all the socials are like, okay, Jeff, how are you doing this live thingy and going everywhere? Well, uh, it's brought to you today. It's powered by Ecamm. They are incredible. If you'd like to know more, you need to go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. One of the cool things is it lets you customize stuff. To be honest, I waited too long and I just like made this screen where we have all four of us like, like right before the show. So it's super simple to put together. I love the guys at Ecamm. I can go live everywhere at once, pull in all these comments from people like Grace and uh, Wendy and Sabrina and have it on screen. So uh, if you want to find out more about them, go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm and check them out. And that's Ecamm with E. It's E-C-A-M-M for you guys listening on the podcast. So uh, Eric, why don't you go ahead and... Um, Tell us about this last piece of news that we want to cover that kind of ties into all of this. Yeah, so staying on the Facebook data train here. So this week, Facebook updated its access your information tool with the goal of making that tool easier to use and navigate and also, you know, explain how and why the data is used. And in this new version, they're breaking down um, information across eight channels instead of just two previously. And so these eight channels, let me run through them real quick. It's, it's your activity across Facebook, friends and followers, preferences, personal information, logged information, what we were just talking about, ads information, and then apps and websites off of Facebook. And then of course the security and login information. So uh, this is pretty interesting to me. I'm always interested when Facebook starts to at least put out the appearance of giving <laughs> you more uh, control over the data that they have on you. So uh, how do you see this being different from the uh, what am I seeing? Why am I seeing this tool that you can In use uh, on ad? Oh, is. Jessica, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go yeah, I was just going to say, in my opinion, it's just really, honestly, a, another kind of PR thing to, <laughs> to make you think that you have more control over things and to give you access, um, which where it is good. You know, I've turned off several things and it's a good reminder when things are connected that maybe you just forgot about. Um, and, and it is a good tool. But honestly, kind of going back to what's really going on here, that's what it is. Yeah. So, uh, Tony, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I use it to look at competition competition stuff it's like when i go look and see if i'm seeing ads I'm like where are they how are they doing that i kind of use it to you know sneak around but what how do, uh, so um is it rolling out to all users have you seen it yet as i mean i don't even know when it's coming out i just see that the other tool that i'm using i'm not sure if i've seen it yet um or if i've even looked into it that much um but yeah it's always interesting to me they roll out some of these tools and they might not tell people that they roll out the tools and they might not put up, you know, a, a New York Times ad out right. saying they have this tool, right? <laughs> they're, they're talking about other things in their ads. Um, 
So it is always interesting to me when they roll out things like this, how often they'll actually publicize it. So that's that's my thing going forward. It'll be interesting to see like how often is this going to pop up and, and, you know, how many times are they going to tell people this exists or is it just going to be something that they say, you know, oh, we implemented this tool, but they didn't really advertise it much. Um, right. um, so that's always what I like to see. I, I think it, <laughs> I think it was like a political move, too, because they were getting some flack about having like, you know, the whatsapp and uh instagram and facebook connected together and and the fear of like hey are they coming too much as a monopoly do we need to separate them they're like oh let's throw together some more stuff and show just how transparent we are um out there as well and that nothing see nothing going on here you have full control we promise so i i I think you're right it's a pr and political move um and i also want to know what you guys think do people other than us marketing nerds use this my mom does she couldn't find it if i told her how to get to it you know i mean it's that i mean so do you think this is will anybody use this really or is it just for us yeah i don't i don't think very many people will use it um like i said unless if they make it really easy to access and they they you know give people instructions on it. I don't think very many people will use it outside of, yeah, social media managers and people that are really in social. Right, right. All right, well, that, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just funny because they tied into stuff and I, and it is, it's funny that you'll see those things pop up right after something bad happens. Like there's some data leak or, you know, like, oh, by the way, but you can find your data right here, buried under three menus and, you know, you have to hold your phone upside down and stuff. So uh, anyway, so uh, and this has been a fascinating conversation with you guys. And um, thank you guys so much. I love being able to talk about the agency side and, and Jessica with her relationship marketing. And, you know, Tony, I, I can't wait to have you guys on again when more uh, ad stuff breaks. Cause I, this is kind of nerdy stuff, but it's really fascinating to me uh, because it does tie in you know, the, the more and more of the, the ad stuff is going to tie into that relation marketing to be effective. And so I just think it's uh, really cool, Jessica, how you, you, the way you guys come across from that. And I want to pull up some, uh, Carrie says it looks great. She was talking about my screen that I made really quick with Ecamm, which is really awesome because it's so fat, fat, uh, really fast. And then Pat, she goes, Oh, miss this live. Well, Pat, thank you so much for dropping by. But before we go, I want to make sure that we um, are able to let you guys talk about where they can find out more about you, Jessica, and then we'll we'll go over to Tony. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, always uh, you can connect with us at nowmarketinggroup.com or you can just go to my personal site, Jessica Phillips, and it's Jessica with a K, phillips.com, and the social links are there. Awesome. Tony, what about you? Yeah, nowmarketinggroup.com. And yeah, if you want to talk to me personally, ask me a question or whatever, I'm everywhere online at Tony Does Ads. I'm pretty much always talking about ads, so... Yeah. nothing else <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah. and on clubhouse true. so you can find you guys on clubhouse too <laughs> yeah. i know that you guys yeah. are both there quite a bit and uh, uh we talked about that a little bit last week so if you haven't listened to that episode make sure you go back and listen to that because we had holly homer uh dishing on all things clubhouse and what she thought about it um but before i want to wrap up i want to tell you about a tool that a lot of my friends are using it just is kind of a new one it's really really cool uh, it's called lead closer and that's uh, l-e-a-d-k-l-o-z-e-r and it's this facebook growth tool that i've really been enjoyed uh, uh, playing with and it's a way to automatically track Facebook engagements by individual leads and your fans and over time or all in one place it's it's really a great way to see all your uh, engaged fans are at a glance all in one place and I'm um, really excited to see how I can use this with live video so my friend Steve McDonald is actually running a challenge starting on Monday January 18th so you need to check it out if you go to socialmedianews.com forward slash lead closer that's L-E-A-D-K-L-O-Z-R you can check out that landing page there and sign up for 
that free uh, course um, that he's uh, that free challenge he's putting together. But before we go, um, once again, I want to let you, uh, Eric, tell everybody where they can find you because you got some stuff going on as well. Yeah, well, so, okay, so my podcast, which always new episodes weekly, you know, if you're like me, you're working from home and you need to up your game productivity wise. So I got you covered with Beyond the To-Do List, which you can find at beyondthetodolist.com. Now, if you've got more time and you need to get your social media training, or if you know somebody on your team that needs to get some more social media training, we've Agora Pulse has you covered with the Social Media Manager School, and you can go to socialmediamanagerschool.com and get over 70 plus hours of free social media training, and it's being updated constantly. Awesome. So, guys, go check that out. Thank you guys so much for watching. Appreciate all of you. Let us uh, hear from you on all the socials. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. And the recording's off. Thank you guys so much. We're still live, but I wanted to say thank you. Thank you guys so much for chiming in comment-wise. I really appreciate all you guys and all the people who shared this out. But you guys were awesome, as always. Thank you. I hope I didn't stump you with any nerdy questions. But uh, this stuff is just fascinating. So This is what we do all day, even when we're not technically working. So, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're good. So we tease Clubhouse a little bit. Is where, where, like, if people want to connect with you over there, I know it's kind of hard with the discovery and stuff, and we talked a little bit about that last week, but mm-hmm. where can they, like, where would they be able to find you? Do you, is it just Jessica Phillips and Tony Christensen, or, or how is it? Yeah, I think just names. Yeah. Okay, cool. Tony does Clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, thank you so much. Appreciate all you guys. Thank you, Carrie, for saying, love the show. We love you. You're awesome. You've always been so supportive. Really appreciate that. And we'll see you guys next week. Same time, same channel. Bye now. Social Media Media News Live.